Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake gets all the energy. Chuck tries to find his way in. It's NAIC week, and we are joined by a top judge and local, Steve the Good. Chuck, how are we doing today? I am doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. I am I am all over the place at the moment. I'm still getting together the the informations for this week's episode. So <laughs> I'm just it's been it's been like that kind of week. Just oh for sure. And it's it's only Tuesday week. as recording, so you know, plenty of time. Yeah. So um let let everybody know how, how your week your weekend was. Um anything Pokemon related uh, of highlight for you. No, no, no. I did not. I mean, we we did the pack battle. That was my Pokemon highlight um, for for Friday night. Uh, got some really great pulls. Had a great time with Megumi on stream. Uh, got to do too many squats and eat too much <laughs> pickle juice. So um, eat, yeah, yeah. It was drink whatever uh, is the right word. Eat some weird stuff. It was fun. Lost another one to the queen oh. that is Yumi at winning those apparently versus us. Yeah, like she she crossed both of us again. Um, not surprised. She usually just invites us on her stream to open packs and then <laughs> uh, proceeds to punish us the rest of the night. Uh, so uh, it was still fun. Uh, she did get a couple punishments on her end. Um, it was kind of fun because uh, I was the first time anybody really on our battles um on guess that energy picked every single color and had every single color energy picked so uh a record-breaking moment for me i guess but um it to no avail it didn't matter i had the most guesses but not the most amount of polls slash points so um you know me and you kind of were left in the dust uh aside from that though um just testing 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 for naac um it's it's just uh you know the last minute thing i know we're getting close to our deck. Um, I know there's like two or three cards, and you know that, that are keep going in and out, um, uh, in and just can't really lock it down. So we're trying to <laughs> decide that in the next couple of days. Uh, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, but any other highlights uh, for you the week? No, I haven't played any Pokemon at all. Um, Good prep. <laughs> Prepping real hard, you know, with that zero ways to get into NAIC. That's true. That's true. We will. We, we, you might. We still might have a long shot for you to get in. So yeah. hopefully, uh, we can get you as far yeah. as just being a spectator, hanging out um, with everybody. So um, fingers crossed there. Um, but other than that, um, I think it's you know, with no further ado, we need to welcome in our guest. We don't want him uh, just hanging out. Um, he is a returning guest, um, but it's been a little while. Um, in you know. One of the people I think me and you both look up to a lot as far as any Pokemon questions, um, rulings, um, you know, when and whenever there might be like small issues within community stuff uh, where we can always turn to him, uh, get an honest, non-biased opinion. Um, you know, that, and that is why um, he has got his invite uh, as a judge. And this is Steve the Good. Um, welcome back on, uh, Steve. It's been way, way too long. Well, thank you for having me back on it. Yes, it's been a very long time. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, hello to all the Pittsburgh Pick One podcast listeners. Hello, Jake. Hello, Chuck. 
Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're excited to have you on. Um, and I know, you know, what really kind of sparked this, and thank you for coming on last minute, because um, I know I've had you on the radar for coming back on, um, but wasn't maybe necessarily this week until, you know, you, you made a post with some new ruling changes. Um, and I felt, you know, going into NIC is very important for, you know, not only, you know, us here locally, but just all our, our listeners uh, that are going to NIC, you know, it's very important for them to, you know, maybe, um, you know, have have the inside track of what has changed, what to look out for, um, you know, going to this big tournament, uh, coming from somebody that's going to be staffing it. Uh, so, I mean, definitely we'll get to that, but I thought it was very important. And thank you for coming on last minute. Oh, absolutely. No, no problem at all. You know, you just caught me in the middle of packing. That's <laughs> right. all it was. It was just getting ready because uh, unlike most people, staff has to be there thursday morning at like 8 a.m so that my travel day is wednesday yeah that's way too early but uh, uh we're glad that you're doing it um because you know we need awesome staff members there just like yourself um you know to to give nice fair rulings and everything and have make sure everything goes smooth um but before we get into all that spiel i guess um you know let us catch up a little bit on, you know, how have you been since, uh, you know, I think it's been a, at least a year since you've been on uh, maybe some, you know, changes uh, that you've, you've experienced in the last year. Uh, it's been incredibly busy. I would say uh, mm -hmm. the league that I run in Greensburg has grown, has grown significantly since probably the last time I've been on, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't realize how much work is involved being an organizer and organizing multiple events and making sure you're following with Pokemon's rules until you actually get in there and start doing it. Like a lot of behind the scenes work that people may not realize. So busy with that, you know, work's going fine. You know, got to play my first CP earning Pokemon event in over in almost a year. I uh, did that just the other day. So yeah, I know, uh, you know, you told me you were going to do it and I had the intentions of jumping in there, but I think it was sold out by the time I got to talk there. Uh, how'd you end up doing? Uh, not too well, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, if you don't play a lot of Pokemon, you don't expect to do well at a tournament. But uh, I ended up, you know, it was a five round. They had a 32 player cap for all the age divisions. So I think there were like 17 masters there. Mm. And so... Uh, I went one, one, and two, dropping after I had my first loss of the day in round four. Uh, I played the Bax Caliber Chien Paladek because I was just let's go in and have fun, have some fun, right? And uh, you know, round one got the first round by, so I was excited about that. You know, that was my <laughs> only win. And then uh, round two happens, I win game one, absolutely brick game two, but you know was like doing well enough to where like I felt like I could still win that game. Yeah. And uh my opponent just finally their deck finally stopped bricking and they kicked it off and lost and then we went the time. Um so same thing happened in the second game or third run I should say my second game I actually played. Uh and then lost to a mirror match in round four and I was like, all right, well that's my day. Right. I mean it happens. Um the the deck is definitely a, I feel a run hot deck when it works it just it feels almost unbeatable you can kind of just go through anything you want but you know sometimes it you know it tends to potentially break from time to time yeah that was definitely the case like my second game in my second round so my first one playing uh i 
had all my energies in my hand because I was using Chien Pao's ability. Didn't see a single draw supporter till like turn seven or eight. <laughs> uh, I was playing against Wings of Union, so like I had like the Lost Zone to like the Lost Cities in my deck to like at least do something against the deck. But by the time I finally got set up, he had eleven uh, Wings of Union uh, Pokemon in the deck, and yeah. once they start one shot on you guys, you just can't win at that point. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, you know. It, it, but it happens. I'm sure you still had fun being able to jump out there and play some competitive uh, Pokemon. Oh, it was a blast. I missed it. So, you know, yeah. Don't get the don't get the opportunity too much as an organizer these days anymore. Right. Yeah. Since uh, but, you know, wh- whenever you know, lo- like, you know, organized play started back up, um, you know, uh, we went from every week being able to play, uh, or you being able to play. Then now you're you're every week now you're just organizing judging and doing all that stuff and you know obviously you're progressing there and doing a great job but uh, sometimes you have to sacrifice that and you know the love of playing the game but you know uh we're we're all better off for it having you um you know as as you know pittsburgh local one of the top people to to really look to uh for questions and then obviously you've been killing it doing some um you know uh regionals uh here and there um even being on stream a few times through different different regionals it's always good to see uh you know your hard work payoff. So, yeah, absolutely. It's great to see you getting out and having fun playing the game rather yeah. than yeah being the friendly judge face. <laughs> yeah, you know, know you to be. Yeah, last time was NASC twenty twenty two. So uh, that was the last, was the last time last... you played competitive. Uh, for a CP earning event, yes. I mean, we played locally, you know, yeah, since yeah, yeah. then. But wow, yeah, for a CP earning event, that was the last time I played. And I was there for that. <laughs> we both dropped at the same time to get some food. Look, man, it's always <laughs> if you know you're not going to get day two, top eight. North Market's always the best place. That you know, it's always a good time to drop to go to North Market. Right? No, for sure. <laughs> All right, Steve. There are a couple questions in our standard questions that we didn't get to ask you last time because they weren't part of our standard questions. Um, so that we have two here. Um. I, I guess I'll start it off um, to this moment. I know there's probably a lot for you, um, but what is your favorite Pokemon TCG memory, um, you know, in your whole career of the Pokemon TCG? So my accolades as a player is not big at all. In fact, it's actually probably closer to none. Uh, you know, I might've won a league challenge and a league cup here and there, but uh, I'd say probably my favorite, my Best moment was uh, <clears throat> definitely, I would say, Peoria of 20, you know, this last season, Peoria. Yeah. Um, where I was chosen to be the uh, stream judge for the final match against Tord Reklev, with Tord Reklev there. And uh, I think it was Cal Connors who his opponent was in the finals. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. I believe so. I believe so. It's been a minute. But uh, I'm sure you're close. Yeah, so that so being able to get selected to be the stream judge for that match was probably my best honor on like a actual judging part. And then actually, I have a second one that I like to mention, which was uh, it actually just happened like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, where uh, I had a new kid come to my league in Greensburg, and um, which is just like 45 minute drive from Pittsburgh for. Geo- geographical purposes for people but uh the mother came up and said you know hey my son you know started junior high just this past year and it's been a really rough transition and you know he saw that the pokemon league was there and you know 
he really fell in love with it and it's helped him significantly through schooling this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he had, he, since he had a really rough time, you know, he found something that he could connect with and he, you know, it, it turned his attitude a complete 180 on life. And so, you know, his mother told me that and it just broke my heart that, you know, kids struggle with those types of things and, you know, just something that I enjoy doing and, you know, do for the community, but that had that much impact on that kid. And you don't realize it half the time that, you know, you can make that much of an impact on someone's life at that time. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the game itself is inviting, the community is inviting. Um, and obviously, you know, I look up to you almost probably just as much as that kid. So when I first came into it, I, I was asking you questions left, right, center, um, regardless with the rules, with interactions, just all that stuff. So, um, yeah, the game is awesome. So it's, it's great to hear um, you're having an impact on, you know, on kids and just the community in general. So I love that. Yeah, it was, it was absolute honor. It's really cool to hear that, to know that you don't really think of it too. Um, I mean, cause I've got to wear the organizer hat once or twice, but you don't really think about that. You're, you're like that when you're doing it, but when you get the, the you hear it back and you're like, wow, this is like, it's kind of like, like you said, kind of just hit for like home real, real fast that this stuff like that we're doing just for fun kind of really does matter to some people like oh, that, sure. that it helps. Them a lot. Yeah. It's, it, it made me continue. I mean, not that I don't love organizing as a whole, but like it just adds the extra layer of like, these are what, these are why your local professor or you see the judges at regionals do is they're trying to make the best experience for you possible and, you know, without them, unfortunately, you know, these events would not be happening now. Because, Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, if you are watching uh, any stream games and Steve's on there, he's usually the guy with the Blastoids cap uh, heads up so you could see the Blastoids on the bill. I think every single stream game you've been, you wore that hat. And I'd have never seen anybody else wear that. Yeah, that's my, I've been trying to make that my go-to signature hat when I judge regional. So. You know, not that I'm looking for notoriety, but oh, I you, even had you deserve it. Well, I had players come up to me before. I'm like, oh man, I saw you on stream, or you know, even <laughs> when I go locally, you know, they see the Blastoise hat, and like they may not know my who my face because you don't see the judge too often on stream. But right, you know, the quick those are it's like something that sticks out that like a player would recognize me on. And I had a guy in Peoria come up to me. He's like, you come to these regions a lot. And I was like, I don't know, maybe three or four have been to and yeah you know, oh, i've seen you around with that hat and stuff i recognize the hat and so 100 <laughs> percent. Right, have chuck. that calling card yeah all right chuck you want to send us off yeah. to the last uh, standard so um this one i'm gonna we'll twist it a little bit i guess if if, if pokemon started announcing the judges that come out on stage <laughs> for when the stream games start like um pre 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 uh pre-game they say and your judge is gonna be in and you're gonna walk out on stream and what music would hit on your walkout well <laughs> so actually <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I prepared more for if I was the player part uh you know well you you can answer that. Like if yeah. You're a player. It's just, so if I was a player, it might be very cliche, but there'd be 
one of two songs I would either pick. It would they're both Pokemon theme songs. It would either be um the original Pokemon theme song, you know. So you know, I want to be the very best. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I believe it was Johto one of Johto season's theme song was Master Quest, the Master Quest theme song. Okay. From okay. you know. I'm, I'm sure the, the the Pokemon one is very cliche. Both of the Pokemon's are very cliche, I but I feel nobody's like ever said any actual no nobody that we've had on has said a Pokemon theme song yet. So uh, as cliche as you may think it is, um, it is unique yeah, to the that. show right now. I mean, they they pretty much are perfect, right? You know, you want to be the very best, like no one ever was, or when you're at you know Worlds or at NEIC, you know, you want to be the master. You're on a master yeah. quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's kind of cool that you got to be the first one to pick a Pokemon song. So, <laughs> always breaking barriers out here. That's what we're doing. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Um, now that we've caught up a little bit with Steve, um, let's get into a little bit of meta talk, which is kind of beginning to light because we're not going to deep dive into lists necessarily. I just want to go over. Um, each of our five, top, like our a tier list of a top five, you would consider bringing to NAIC since this is the week of NAIC. And since I okay. threw this on Chuck last minute, um, I will let Steve go first. All right, so I'm picking the five decks. I think the top five decks of NAIC. Okay. Uh, no, if so you think... were going to go, the ones that you oh. would consider, not necessarily what is going to be the top five. Um, you know, okay. percentage play, but it, Steve, you're going. These are the top five decks that you've considered. All right, top five decks. Uh, number one is Chimpal. Uh, probably not going to do well, but well, it couldn't. You never know. I mean, any we've seen Maridon do very well in some yes. events, but uh, so reason why that is my first deck I ever played was Deluge Blastoise. Uh, mm-hmm. so it kind of reminds me of that for that style a lot. Um, the next one would probably be Lost Box, but I'd probably hate myself if I picked it. Uh, mainly because the nine plus rounds of grueling micro decision making every single yeah. time you file selecting, I'd probably you know wouldn't wouldn't have a brain left after the NEIC. <laughs> uh, next would be Lugia. Then followed by Gardevoir. And the reason why Gardevoir is number four is I feel like there's a secret deck out there that's absolutely going to trash Gardevoir all weekend long. It's going to feast on it. I mean, Lost mm-hmm. Box already kind of feasts on it, Gardevoir uh, a little bit, but... Does it now with the new the new additions with uh, with Iono and and uh, Ordinary it's, Rod? And, it's and probably the, triple, is... the, the Reversal Energy also? It's a Reversal Energy, right? The three... yeah. Those three cards make that Gardevoir, yeah, super raw, yeah. But those three cards uh, really boost Gardevoir up. So I don't know if Lost Box beats up on it as much as it did previous. Okay, so it might be a more 50-50 stage, but Mm. I would take, you know, I would feel more confident in a Lost Box. I think you have more tend to be more control over the the game itself. So I think I would prefer a deck that I would have more control over than, because like, Gardevoir also gets affected by Iono a lot. I mean, if you Iono your the Guardi player early on before they get set up, mm-hmm. you know, then they also are struggling all day. Right. No, but, I um, agree. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I just feel like there's that secret deck out there for Gardevoir that, because typically what I've seen is when I go to these events, and you can even see it from last year, is the hot deck never wins. Uh, If you look at last year being Palkia, right, was the hot deck, and Palkia got swamped. I mean, I guess it shouldn't have got swamped, but like... Well, I mean, it made finals. (laughs) Right, but the, the counters to it did very well. I mean, that's Azul basically admitted that he was feasting off of Palkia every single day, right? Uh, with with his deck, and then uh, I think the most one that I've seen was like NESC 2017. Espeon Garb was like supposed to be the hot deck, and you know it didn't make a single top eight, but that was like the most popular deck leading up into it, right? And so you know, I think the the very good players have a secret deck for Gardevoir, and they're going to feast on it. I think all day, uh, and I would say the last one be Maridon of my top five. Yeah, those are you know overall solid picks. Um, you know, I mine is a, a little bit different, so I guess I'll go off of mine and give Chuck a little bit more time. Um, in no particular order. Um, obviously Gardevoir is a is a deck that you do need to pick. I think with the cards that I kind of mentioned, make that lost box uh, a little at least 50-50 to maybe semi-favored. Um, it's being able to overcome big uh V's and V Maxes um, you know, a little bit easier with the reversal energy. Um, and then obviously Pokemon Recovery um, with with the the Super Rod, um, it makes it a lot better where you can still use a supporter um, and get Pokemon Recovery. So obviously Gardevoir is a great deck. I think I tend to agree with Steve where it's going to be very targeted because it will probably be the the hot deck. Um, uh, and not only that, uh, kind of with Lost Box and Lost Box would be my second, but kind of with the both, um, they're both decks that can that, you know that take a lot of brain power um and a lot of micro decisions probably lost box a little bit more but gardevoir there's a lot of um um what's what's the uh curlia's um the refinement uh a lot of refinement uh choices that might not be easy so uh through nine rounds um uh, you know best of three in day one um kind of mentally exhausting on both parts obviously lost box has a bunch of different um you know, variants, but I think, you know, the Kyogre with the V Pokemon uh, is probably the, the most consistent and dangerous one, so that would be another one. Uh, another deck, uh, I guess another deck I've been considering is Arctina. Um, you know, it's still able to, you know, set up pretty consistently. I think it, once it gets set up, it's the most disruptive deck with Judges and Ionos and Paths, and I think a lot of the top decks aren't really playing Path too much. Uh, so it's just a matter is do we think that uh, that disruption is worth it over everything else? Um, and then the last two I would pick is obviously uh, Lugia. I you know I brought it to uh, Hartford, you know, did pretty well with it, and I think the deck is still super solid. Uh, it didn't really gain anything to help it. Uh, it didn't really lose anything. I it, I guess the question is how badly does Iono hurt it in its consistency? So. Um, still solid choice. And then I think I would pick Chen Pao because Chen Pao, um, it, I've, every time I see it on live, you know, if it doesn't glitch out, um, it's pretty consistent, uh, generally, and it does what it wants to do. Um, so I think somebody will maybe lock that down at the, you know, the perfect 60 for that deck, um, and probably make waves and, and, you know, make some noise there. Yeah. I think, uh, if, your opponent gets, or if you get turned to Vax Caliber with a Chien Pao active, I think it's pretty tough to beat that deck. It's right, and somebody I mean, it, somebody will make it where they can do that. 
pretty reliably. I would agree with that. Someone's going to yeah. do well with it. I, I believe in it. Yeah. All right, Chuck, you're up. I'm up. All right. Uh, well, this is pretty straightforward a little bit. Uh, I'm glad I have my off-the-wall choices as I usually do because I'd like to try and think of things that are off the wall. Um, but realistically, if I was going, I would be playing Sablezard. I would be all in Lost Box for nine rounds and melting my brain uh, for the And day. hating everybody but, the whole day. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would be probably screaming, someone find me lunch or anything like that. All day. <laughs> yeah, you're not eating. Um, <laughs> you're not eating. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm still playing uh, nine full rounds of Pokemon because I want to maximize my oh, Pokemon for okay. the day. Now, I want to ad lib here real quick before we move on. Uh, do you two feel that no lunch break for uh, for for Masters players uh, will affect deck choices you know, maybe, it, you know, at least 5% of the, the players? Uh, I could see that. I don't think it would affect, like, a top player's decision-making just because right, right. if you're experienced, I think you're going to be prepared for that type of stuff. But as a newer player or less experienced player, yeah, I could definitely see that affecting their deck choice. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. Do you think it would be 5% of the, the player base, not necessarily the top names, but just overall? Uh, that's probably pushing it. I mean... Okay, that's fair. I, I'd say maybe you know two or three percent. That I mean, that's a fair fair number. All right, Chuck. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Yeah, so that would be that would be my number one choice is Sablezard. Uh, I like it. It still does well uh, in, in with everything currently. Um, I would probably try and fix Luxray in there, though, because it's just a good, but I, I don't know if it even needs it, but that would be my first go-to. Uh, I would second go-to Chen Pao. Um, I think it's the best of the new stuff, uh, and if you're going to come out the gate with something new, that's the one to go with. Uh, it's probably a little bit more uh, bikey, Kind of like a Maridon esque, as some people have heard the it called the Blue Maridon deck, but I think it's a lot better than that. It says uh, it has an end game scenario still, I think, in my head, but um, that would be my second choice. Just seeing if you can make that consistent and spiky uh, that it, it likes to be. And um, Gardevoir, uh, I haven't played a lot of it, and that's probably the main reason why. I wouldn't think about it, but if if I was going, uh, literally, I would probably be playing it more often than I have been, mm-hmm. just trying to figure it out a little bit more, because it is going to be a, a good deck in the meta. So, um, but I am I am a little unfamiliar with all of its inner workings, necessarily, so I'm not sure what would be... Um, the best perks of playing it besides the fact that it it does do really well statistically in in into uh, our current meta um the other my last two would be completely off the wall because i think they're good i would dust off my rapid strike malamar and bring it back to another big tournament i had a feeling you were uh, just that. to say i could 
and see if I could prove everybody wrong, and that deck is not dead and can still win. Chuck in, likes the game uh, on hard mode, is what he's saying. Yes. yes. Purely love the game on hard mode. Uh, I would totally bring that back and play it. Uh, it's the one deck that I always have fun in, fun playing, uh, win, lose, draw, anything. Uh, so that would bring that. And then uh, probably a grass deck would be my last choice in either probably Meowskarata or some version of Meowskarata with spiders. So you're not spider. you're not considering Lugia. You're not considering any Arceus deck. Uh, no, Arceus has never look. Arceus has never been my fan because I just I purely dislike the. I know de all other decks have them, but I dislike the reliance on having an Arceus and a DTE turn one. I just it has such a silver bullet. If you don't get it, that it's so bad. Um, I don't tend to. It's still a good card. It's good deck. Good deck. Just don't. It just I don't uh, tend to go there. And I had a bad experience with Lugia, so I've done burned all of it. Uh, Please so... don't tell me you actually burned them. <laughs> no, no, I haven't burned it, but I dismantled it all. Uh, yeah, one bad cup experience with Lugia, and I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm done. I said I would never play this deck back when it came out in Silver Tempest. I went against my word. It burned me. I feel me, so... like you're personally attacking me because you're like, what's the play for the day? And I'm like, Lugia. <laughs> and, you know, we did well you with did that it. deck. You said it, and then I went, I played it at a league night, and I went 3-0, and everything was hunkadori. everything felt good, and then I went and put uh, a cup, or no, I think I put a box tournament on the line, not a cup, and it was horrible, <laughs> like, I just, very bad, like, it just couldn't find, couldn't find V-Stars, couldn't find Archaeopsis in the discard, it was a struggle to do anything, uh, and I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm dismantling you, went back to Sablezard, and it's just been working for me, so I haven't really thought I mean, about that's, going that's anywhere fair. else. That's fair. All right. Um, okay, cool. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, Steve and I were a little bit closer to maybe what the majority of people might think. Um, Chuck, a little bit off the yeah. wall, but, you know, that's why yeah. we love you. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is my thought process in that I'm going to go down, I'm going to go into metas and tournaments with maybe one to two deck choices that I will know really well. And that's why I picked like Sablezard. Sablezard. And if I was being honest, the second like thing would be probably a Gardevoir deck. Those would be the two that I would know in and out. And then if I'm not going to play one of those two, it's going to be off the wall. I'm going to go to like deck 40 on Limitless's like thing and say, is like, is this connection? Like I will try and find the weirdest thing that will... People just won't see coming that can beat stuff, beat mostly everything, but maybe has a really hard loss to something. I don't know. That just right. that's just me. That was the Chuck special every day, every week at league. Whenever right. we... I, I, we miss those, Chuck would stroll in last minute, building his deck. Hey, I need these I five cards. Somebody got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most obscure cards out of a set. No one's ever. No, no one has them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I still kind of, I still kind of do that every now and then. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't see we don't see it very much anymore here because obviously you've moved away. Uh, but moving on, uh, like I said, uh, it's time to get into the middle of the show so we can get on to NASC talk and rules and all that stuff. So, Chuck, let's start off with some trivia. It's, it's time, time for trivia, trivia. 
Yes, yes. I have a special trivia today. We got a I have a partner in crime, so I might get this right. Yeah, so <laughs> I have uh, oh wait, no, it's on, on the computer. This this is the card I have. This is a standard legal card, and I have an attack uh, an attack an attack for you. Um uh so the attack name, and we have to obviously guess said Pokemon. Uh the attack name is called Spill out. Spill out. Boy. Well, my uh, first thoughts is it has to be like a, a muck or something that's like liquidy. What's another liquidy Pokemon? Pulty Geist or Sinistee? Pulty Geist or Sinistee? Yeah, that might be it. So those are the... Th Actually, I think it definitely has to be Pulty Geist or Sinistee. So Spill... I would... Okay. Um, let me ask you this then, Chuck. What stage is it? All right. So this is a stage one Pokemon. Oh, so Poltergeist is, is still in there. All right. Spill out. Spill out. What's spill the other out. like lifelines that we have? I guess is the word. Or uh, you... I will give you the. Um, we well. It varies from week to week. Yeah. Don't want to, but I will give you the type that <laughs> it is, and uh, I will read the I will read the added effect to the attack. I'll read what the attack does if you want. Well, wait, so you're going to give us a type. So I mean, if you're going to give us a type, it's no way Poltergeist. Is it... No, no, let's let's ask him. Is it is it a type? He's going to say psychic. It is colorless. Oh my gosh, that screws everything up. Spill Stage out. Stage one. Colorless Pokemon, man, he almost had us on that Pope. <laughs> on that, oh. <laughs> obviously, it's not uh, competitively competitively played. Because yeah, um, I don't think we have heard this uh, spill out attack used in its attack. Okay, what does the attack do? Uh, okay, for two colorless, it's sixty plus damage. Discard your hand. If you discarded five or more cards in this way, this attack does 150 more damage. All right. Well, wow. like I was thinking more kind of like the roll up like uh, that never really worked, but then nothing there was spill out. Um, that was I feel like up. I've read or whenever a set came out, this attack may have been mentioned before, but Maybe not the name of the attack, but like the effect of because it does what? So it does 150, so it does 200 damage or something, or uh, 210 if it's. It would do 210 if you discarded five or more cards in your hand this way. Stage one colorless. Oh, man. All right. Um, hmm. You didn't answer. Yeah, we're running out of time now. We're like stalling here. Gosh, I'm. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be honest, I'm not much of a help in this case. Yes, like I was so set on that he would not. He did not say psychic. I was almost like, yeah, we've lost. Um, Got an answer? No, but you're gonna say. Uh, I'm just gonna say, Poltergeist didn't be wrong. Yeah, you are wrong. And Steve should have been the biggest help because this is everyone's favorite Pokemon ingredient. From Lost uh, Order. Oh, whoa, that makes so much sense now. No, no. Of course <laughs> you'd pick this card. 
because oh, and I played it before because that was like the the counting money uh special there. Oh my gosh, it makes yeah, more was, sense was... now because it's not like it's a liquidy Pokemon because he's spilling out all the nuts and berries he's like stashing. Gosh darn it! He he threw a, a curveball at us. He threw a curveball at yes. us. You know, good well, I, I would never guess greeting. I figured Steve knows all the greeting cards. No, I just one. he literally <laughs> doesn't know the greeting cards. I should have known this one. And as soon as oh my gosh, I was so stuck on liquid Pokemon that I couldn't get like I was tunnel vision. I couldn't get off of it. <laughs> all right, well we failed, Steve. Um, hopefully, you know that you guys get a little redemption here. Well, not for Chuck, but um, I do have a. Pokemon ability. This is standard uh, legal, and I, I felt I had to up the game a little bit because Chuck has gotten a couple of these um, pretty easily recently. Um, so uh, this Pokemon ability is battle armor. Oh, uh... Blastoise, right? No. No. Uh... Isn't it? Dreadnought? Well, Dreadnought always has shell armor, I guess. Battle armor. I'm thinking, is it one of like the single strike Pokemon or, or the, uh, what's the Obama Snow? Um, I will tell you as one of the hints, it's not a rapid strike, single strike, fusion strike. It's none of those. But wasn't there still like the one Obama Snow or something that like gave it plus HP? Maybe. Yeah, but that's like he, he was a single strike Pokemon. Was it single strike? Okay. Uh, battle armor. I, I mean, I think a... it. I mean, I, I'm sure that sounds right now that I think about it. Um, battle armor. I'm just gonna say uh, I'm pretty sure this battle armor ability. Prevents thirty damage from Pokemon attacks. Um, just gonna say that preventing thirty damage of some sort. Um, I just don't know which Pokemon this is on because Dreadnought, I'm pretty sure, always has shell armor. Uh, Blastoise has seen it. I don't even know War Turtle, but I think he might also have shell armor because turtles. You still have two lifelines. What stage is it? This is stage one. All right. Uh, stage one. Uh, my leading, I'm leading towards War Turtle because it's a War Turtle and it would have battle armor. Oh, yes. Yes. The War Turtle. I, there was a War Turtle that, and you said this is standard, right? This is standard legal. Uh, I'm pretty sure the one that. There might have been a new war turtle, but I'm pretty sure the war turtle that was used in GLC was long rotated out. Well, I, I, I'm going to give you the last lifeline because the, a war turtle may have it, but the card I'm looking at, I'll just tell you that right now it's not. Um, the type is fighting. Fighting? Oh, Jesus. Battle armor fighting. Oh, is this the Machamp that whenever. Uh, you have your opponent has three or less prizes that gains like 150 HP. Is that your final answer? Is it? Did we say that? Did we say the stage? Have? Stage one. Oh, okay. It can't be it Machamp. Can't be Machamp then. then. It's got to be. Um. 
I don't know who stage one. Maybe is it Onyx? No, well, Steelix. Steelix. There is a fighting Steelix, I think. All right. There's it goes back and forth. I'm yeah. thinking, all right, fighting Pokemon. All right. Fighting Pokemon. Um stage one fighting Pokemon. There's Steelix. He would have armor. Um to be Machoke. I don't remember a Machoke re recently having any kind of abilities. Um, there's probably more uh, Hariyama, maybe? There's oh, yep, Hariyama. Hariyama. Or that's Gus, though. We need an answer. But the new, the new Hariyama has an ability that could be called Battle Armor. I'm going to go... All right, I'm going to go out of the blue and say uh, the – what's the Sandcastle Pokemon? I forget what the evolution is. Uh, Polisand? Yeah, Polisand. That's what I'm going with. And Chuck? Now you made me want to pick something off the wall. I'm going to say Steelix. Um, you guys answer. were both wrong. Um, that is everybody's favorite Pokemon that wears his mother's skull, Marowak. <laughs> oh, Chuck, you were right. Uh, it does say this Pokemon takes thirty less damage <laughs> from attack uh, from from attacks after applying <laughs> weaknesses of resistance. So you got what it did. Uh, you just didn't get the right Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all right. Marowak's a good one. I just could not think of said Pokemon. So, now it is time for the new, and uh, not new and improved, we've been doing it, but newer segment of Who Will Win? So, uh, I think I have a banger this time. Maybe. I don't know. I am pitting the old, tiny... Battle of Axes versus Hammers in Pokemon terms. So, who would win in a straight fight? Cleaver with his two axe hands or Tinkaton with her hammer? Who wants to who wants to battle first? Who 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 wants to go hmm. first? I'm I am going to play neutral on this. So, uh no, Steve, no, you have to that's not how you go. Uh, guess picks so, first. All right, so the reasoning for my pick, the f the first deciding factor is one of them is a GLC playable Pokemon, the other one is not. <laughs> so they do it real life fighting. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It wins Pokemon battles all the time in GLC. It's one <laughs> of right. the best new additions of the Psychic can, deck. So uh, I'm picking Tinkaton. Yeah, but it's not as good as Tinkaton. So, you know, being able to, to do a better Gardevoir refinement into being able to draw three cards and it does 180 damage with a special energy for two, like, cards. Yeah, good. I mean, you're, you're talking uh, TCG, which, yeah, you're you're probably right. Yeah, uh, Cleaver flipping coins to try to take knockout, not reliable. Uh, Tikaton does big damage and has consistency drawn into it uh, pretty good. But we're talking real life. They are fighting, battling. Um, I've got to take Cleaver. One, he's just bigger, and he has a hammer, or he has the what? He has the, uh, he has the axes. The axes, the axes, the axes, not hammer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and that that 
is a big axe, man. Like one strike, it, it I don't care. That little hammer ain't gonna do nothing. Tinkaton is losing this fight. I'm pretty night. sure Tinkaton's hammer, the special attack by Tinkaton is called Gigaton Hammer, as if it does it's the strongest actual attack in the video game, from what I understand. Again, this is the, you're you're bringing now the video games into it. Like uh, they're fighting in real life. Like, this axe is just gonna cut Tinkaton in half. So, so you so what you're telling me is that if the video games, if Pokemon was real, right, like in real life, that the video games would not be a a good representation of what yeah, real life would be. You're, you're allowed. That's what I'm to saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm, you know, this is my this this is my preface. We're walking down an alley in the middle of the night. And you see a Tikaton and or a Cleaver. Who are you going to be more scared of? Well, obviously Cleaver, but that doesn't mean that, that you should underestimate Tinkaton by uh, any no, means. You're not. I'm not as underestimating. Well, maybe I am, but <laughs> Cleaver is just more intimidating, bigger, fat. Not maybe faster, but like oh, I just I so think Tinkaton is faster. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, but I think strength wins out on this one. I don't know, Chuck. You have I, to. You have to be the tiebreaker here. It's got a gigantic hammer. It's a gigantic axe. I'd rather be hit by a hammer than an axe. I'm, I'm actually looking I, I, up so <laughs> the speed I'm stats of so, uh No, because it, it, Steve made a very compelling uh, argument in that uh, Cleave, or Tinkaton has the attack. So if, if it's going to hit a cleaver, it's going to use a gigaton hammer. And For I was super like, effective damage. Right, that's, isn't it that's fine. Yeah, I I get it, but I I just I'd and rather I, be I, hit by a hammer than an axe. That's all it comes down to, really. So it's gigaton hammer versus timber cleave. So I am usually on on the axe side on this, but I think somehow Steve has argued his way into gigaton just because he mentioned this is this is what I like. Steve can sell what was that a ketchup popsicle to a Eskimo in a white shirt or something? Is that is that the same? <laughs> something kind of, like that. That's what I need right there. Every week, Chuck just lays down and just gives me the the dove. I I like Steve's uh, you know his approach there. I, I I am a fan of Cleaver as well. He's talked me out of the the obvious choice of axes. And, nah, I'm still staying strong. I am just so scared of being hit with a, tim- a gigaton hammer now. I don't know. We'll see. What what, what does everybody think, uh, you know, out there, all the listeners? We'll have the, the poll up as usual. Um, are you on Team Tinkaton or and, Team and, Cleaver? Tinkaton doesn't hit Cleaver for super effect if he's weak to grass Pokemon. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck with the final nail. Wait. That you, <laughs> that you can hit with the hammer. Wait, what's Cleaver's typing? It's uh, he's fighting type, but fighting type, hard in the card game. I don't know what his actual types are. Oh, I think I'm thinking Tinkaton Hammer's a Steel type move, and but Tinkaton is a Fairy type Pokemon. That's Fairy Steel, right? I believe so. The Gigaton Hammer's a Steel yeah, type move. I, I'd have to look up what actually like they're. I'm looking at their card names, and it's not not actually. Oh, okay. You're looking at like the physical. I'm like I think in the video game. If Cleaver's, no, nah, I think it's Rocket's bug. I think if Cleaver's fighting bug, is that what it is? I don't know. Either way, 
Let's move on. Uh, we got to get to our sponsors and then uh, right after that, jump into the news. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right. Thank you, for uh, sponsors and Sports Car Junction, for um, helping us out and being a great sponsor of the show. That sounded weird, but hey, I did it. Um, anyway, it is time for the news. Uh, so we uh, got not no card news uh, this week, per se. We got um, some... Outside uh, big news for uh, Pokemon collectors and or giveaway enthusiasts as well. Uh, I know our listeners are fans of giveaways. So I'm going to start with uh, the big collector news. Uh, if you um, ha- may not have read or haven't seen that CJC um, is changing the way they, they, they are changing their grading scale and um, are hitting a more standardized grading scale. So if you have sent a card through CJC and it has come back as a 9.5, you have now met their new equivalents of a Gem Mint 10 and can get your cards that have been graded that way changed over to a a Gem Mint 10. Um, So this is a, a different scale. And they are changing these in their pop reports and everything like that. Uh, so, and for a little bit of money and and uh, sending it off to them, they will re-slab it and hit it with the new updated grade. Um, so, Steve, you were the one that pointed this out to me. Do you have any other information that I'm missing on this? That um... Yeah, I think the main reason of this is they merged with a different company and then they updated their grading standards. Um, And I think it's only specifically 9.5s going into the Gem Mint 10s. Like, if you have, like, an 8.5, it doesn't go into a 9 or something like that. Um, They also are getting rid of the... They were one of two companies that did the uh, subgrades on their slabs that you could pay a small extra fee to get a subgrade. Yep. They are eliminating that service now. They are no longer, so they're going to be similar to PSA where they don't offer subgrades at all. Um, but they are mimicking some BGS style where uh, they're changing the, their label. If you get a pristine 10 to, you know, it's going to be like a fancy gold label, kind of like the the Beckett, you know, black label. Mm-hmm. Um so you'll get that if you get those. Uh, and they're also changing the way their label looks at. So when you send in your card to get re-slabbed, they will give you the option to either pick the new label, which looks pretty clean. It look, kind of looks so very similar to the PSA label. It's all black, but just like the way that the PSA label, PSA label looks like, it looks a lot like that. Or you can stick with the old label if you want that way. That's pretty cool because like, um, as we were, you know, as I learned about this, I turned around and looked at my collection and, you know, my favorite Pokemon is Dragapult and I have two different Dragapults that are at 9.5. So yeah. So I you send can... those guys in. 
send them in, get them as gym mint tins. Uh, just as a, I mean, so their population of tens are going to go significantly way up, but just right. I think as a collector's value, it's better to look at a card and see a 10 versus a 9.5. So I think it just helps the your value in your cards and your resellability of a card in the long run. Right, right. No, I tend to agree. That's pretty cool that they're doing that and, you know, being able to send it in for what you say, $5 just to get it re, uh, regraded and not have to worry about it. Uh, sounds pretty good. All right, and uh, so that's it for that news. And uh, moving on to the for the news for the giveaway extraordinaires, uh, TPCI has announced a sweepstakes to win every sword and shield booster box. So uh, they're kind of celebrating the end of sword and shield. Uh, you can enter the sweepstakes. Uh, they announced it on Twitter and some emails and anything like that, but you can... Um, Enter there, and they will win uh, all 12 boxes from uh, Sword and Shield, one of everything, complete booster box. Um, there will be, uh, I believe it says there's three winners, uh, and then there will be 50 runner-up winners who will win a random Sword and Shield uh, Elite trainer box as well. Nice. So um, get your entries in for that. should be fun. Um, sure. Yeah, there are three winners. Um, no purchase or nothing necessary. Just enter, enter in, and uh, it uh, do it until it's up until July tenth. So get it in. There it is. Um, last bit of the last bit of news, which I'm going to kind of call the end of news because we we're gonna we were actually meaning to talk about this anyway. Is that TPCI or uh, the rules people have uh, updated the tournament rules uh, with some. Cool new updates going into NEIC that are going to be there. So we were going to talk about it for a little bit uh, to make sure everyone is aware of them. And uh, for anyone going to NEIC, uh, you maybe were listening to this on the way. So update. And who? Let's do it. Who better to update us than Steve the Good? You know, a staff member that will be reinforcing these new changes and updates uh, that you want to say that. So Steve, we're going to let you kind of take charge here. Um, you know, any notable changes or anything that, the, you know, the general player base needs to know. Um, so, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, today announced, as we ever said, TPCI released the updated tournament player rules. Uh, for those of you that didn't realize, you know, when a judge delivers a penalty to you at NAIC or any tournament, uh, there is a consensus guideline that they typically follow. Uh, it's public knowledge to the player base. Uh, you know, you go to pokemon.com, you would click on play events, and then there's a link that says rules and resources on the right-hand side. You know, takes you right to the page where the tournament rulebook is. But um, so some major ones that they announced. Uh, first of all, they announced the process of how an appeal works at a tournament. Uh, I, don't, I think this is a brand new section added in. Um so typically, whenever a staff member or a judge would give a ruling, at a, especially at a big tournament, maybe not so much at your small local events, um, once the judge delivers the ruling, they're supposed to offer you an opportunity to appeal. Uh, you can't ask for the appeal before the ruling is given, and you can't request any specific judge to hear an appeal. So let's say you know everyone knows the most popular internet judge being Will Post. You, know, you can't specifically ask for Will Post to be your one that hears your appeal, although at NASC this year, you probably will be the one hearing them. 
in the Masters division at least. Um, so, yeah, so that's super important to know, just to know that process. Uh, of a lesser degree, they finally put in, which is surprising that it hasn't been put in previously, or I think it was, but then they took it out and they added it back in. They actually listed what the results of a, of a coin flip is, or I guess a die roll. So previously, if you looked in the rules, you know, as you play, you, you always see that typically evens or heads, odds or tails, but I actually didn't say that in the rule book for a while. Mm-hmm. But they just added that in today. So now it says evens are officially heads, odds are officially tails. So well, I have if- a question based off that too, which I'm not, that's not in itself um, complicated, but uh, with die rolls, or even if you're flipping a coin, um, I guess, is there any kind of an appeal or judge call on like semi cocked die or what you should do in that situation? Like, if you have uh, a question if it's cocked enough or not? Yeah, so, I mean, there. I think it does explain that in that section of the rules, uh, you know, that if it is questionable of what the result would be, you can request a judge's opinion on it, and if the judge can't decide at a appropriate, re- or, you know, appropriate reasonableness, then, you know, they will instruct a reflip. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, it doesn't say to die, but this, I guess, it, I have it open, so I'm reading. Coins, it has it in there for coins. Coins should land as flat on a, the table as possible, and if both players cannot agree on the result of a flip, the judge may be called to determine whether the result is inconclusive or the coin flips must, must be flipped again. So uh, I would assume that it would apply to die as well. Okay. Like yeah, I, I think it's just less unlikely for a die to not be appropriately flat. I mean, there's not, it could land on like the side of a deck, but you know, a coin being a larger surface area has a greater chance of being at an angle. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I guess that is, I'm just going to add in, I guess that was neat for, good to put in because uh, I don't know, maybe high rolling was a, a use of a die that to, uh, that maybe not people don't like. I know a lot of people didn't like that where you roll a die and see who rolls the highest number they get to choose. Now you can't do that anymore. It is strictly evens, heads, tails, odds. Yeah, I've seen, you know, that's common from former Magic players. That's what they typically do to determine who starts a match is high rolling. Um, I also have seen players and events just call it in air. You know, they'll just throw the die in the air and they'll say tail, they'll say odds or whatever. And no, nope, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to now say heads or tails, just like it would be a normal coin. And, you know, yeah. they've clearly defined what is what, when it lands, you know, what side is what. Um, all right. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, I, I guess they the, also opened it up to, to not being a Pokemon die too, right? Well, it's always, it's always been that way, I believe, where as long as it's been uh, translucent, uh, trans- translucent, uh, rounded edges, the pips on the opposite side should equal seven, and that only one side of the die can have a symbol on it. That's And it has to either be the one or a six. So if you look at you know all the pick one die, the set symbol was typically on mm. where the one is. 
some custom dice had it on the six, but only one of those can be a symbol to represent the one or six. Like you couldn't have a three represent the symbol. Um, no. but yeah, so there, there was always clear instructions and they just say the easiest way to do it is just to use the ones from the ETBs or the collections that you get because they are all designed to be standard legal randomizers or I guess legal randomizers. All right. Uh, so this, so the next two probably affect you as a player the most at NAIC. Uh, one of them is time in the round that's left. So if you've played at a big event over the last several years and you know time is getting close to the end, you've always asked the judge or you know you could ask the judge, hey, how much is left? And they always gave you the generic response of less than 10 minutes or less than five minutes. And then 30 seconds later, time is called and you didn't, weren't aware that it was a minute left or 30 seconds left. But they have now stated that a judge with their most accurate best information possible has to give you the time remaining up to the nearest minute so if you if there's 30 seconds left around they could say you know a minute is left in the round uh they're not saying to the exact second because obviously you know clocks can be slightly off from one or another across the venue or mm -hmm. even if the judges watch is slightly off or however they're keeping track of time but, you know, I think within a minute, you know, most clocks are accurate within a minute of each other. So it's, that is very important because uh, I know that at least at events, whenever I staff at regionals, we were always instructed to give them the exact time up until 10 minutes. And then we were always instructed to say less than 10 or less than five. Right. So now we have to say specifically to the closest minutes. I mean, that's good to know, because I know as a player, I know, like, even just at a local level, I know I've asked you in the past, which were under the 10 minute or the five minute mark. Uh, and then, you, you know, you you gave the generic response, which you should, because that's the letter of the law. Um, but, you know, now as a player, it definitely kind of helps out a, a little bit with time management and kind of seeing where we are uh, in the game. Yes. Yes, rush calls or if you be a little bit more methodical. So, um, yeah, definitely. It definitely helps with that kind of information. Yeah, they also uh, added in there that all premier events should have a time left in round or some sort of clock visible for all players to be able to see throughout the venue. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That was That's something that, that, yeah, that was something that wasn't always guaranteed. It wasn't listed in the rulebook, but typically at larger events, they were providing the players at least a clock and maybe not necessarily an exact timer. Right. But, uh, I would say over the last five years of Pokemon, they've been adding more and more of those to big events. And it's really only a benefit because the top players, or, you know, more experienced players, I wouldn't even say necessarily top players, were timing the round themselves, right? You know, they had watches on to keep track of it. Right. So, you know, why should one player have an advantage? Because they remembered to bring a watch and the other player didn't. Um, it's just only fair that way because... That also affects pace of play, you know, can affect how the game is played, right? If a player knows, oh, I only have two minutes left, right? You know, not that this is against the rule, not that this is allowed in the rules, but they may change their pace of play, them knowing that they have X amount of time left. Right. And the other player having no clue what's happening. Right, exactly. I think it's just better and for everybody, all parties involved. Yeah. And the possibility of them not, that time not actually being accurate because they have to start it and keep it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, yes. If you're a newer to that, that could be an issue. But trust me, if you are competing at the highest levels and you did that, you 
that was something that you practiced. Yeah. 100%. All right. Uh, last one that involves penalties. So uh, if you ever read the penalty gu- guidelines, you know, your double prize card penalty for drawing an extra card wasn't just a random thing that the judge did that's listed in the rule book. Uh, but they brought back match loss penalties. Uh, and that's specifically a recommended starting penalty for the unsportsmanlike conduct major areas. Uh, so they previously the highest penalty other than DQ that a judge was allowed to give for the rules was a game loss, but now that you can receive a match loss. So I mean, you could read through them on your own, but they added a new major unsportsmanlike conduct. And that is uh, unintentional violations of the play Pokemon equality, equity, diversity, and inclusivity policy that nonetheless caused distress to others. Mm-hmm. So if you unintentionally break it, not knowing that you're breaking it, uh, you know, you have the potential to receive a match loss now if that unintentional rule violation has caused distress to another player. Opposed to uh, DQ. Oh uh, yeah, DQ would be intentionally doing it, right? So okay, okay. you know, that would be like an example of said player has pronouns, you know, they them. You refuse to recognize those pronouns and intentionally refer to them as she, her, numerous of times, and right. visibly state that I'm not going to conform with your pronouns. That would be an intentional violation of it, right? Um, you know, the. The issue, my, my issue with the, the new wording for the major is, you know, it's all judgment based on how another player feels. Um, you know, yes, it's important to be, to remain, to follow that penalty, but, you know, sometimes you might say something not knowing it's going to hurt somebody or have absolutely no clue. Right. And then therefore you've broken this policy. And now you receive the match loss and that, you know, it, yeah, it's, it adds it's- a lot of. It adds a lot of gray area to to judging, right? It's always hard when you have, you know, multiple different parties and, you know, backgrounds and everything. Uh, You know, sometimes it's, you know, bound to happen where somebody slips up intentionally or unintentionally is where I'm going with that. Um, So, and it's always hard to judge, you know, what their intentions were, I guess. Right. And, yeah, yes, I agree that, you know, we should be following this policy and that it's a very important policy. It's just, you know, it, it's kind of vague in the wording as itself. Right. That, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, not going to go too much into it because it is what it is. Exactly. But yeah, so those are all the, the major changes that the Pokemon has introduced. And uh, like I said, you you could look it up. It's, it's on Pokemon.com. Uh, you know, the sections are listed if you actually scroll down to the very bottom of the rules section it will tell you there are most recent updated changes and it'll lead you right to the it'll tell you what sections that were changed and then you just have to scroll through the rules and look for them instead of scrolling through this 50 or 61 page document (laughs) trying to find each of these minute rules right that's a daunting task right there and i know you have you and other judges have to actually go through all of it (laughs) yes yes because like you know especially when a judge gives a ruling right you know you're they're supposed to show you the ruling of why they're issuing this penalty, right? Yeah. I'm saying, hey, per you know, section 
7.3.1.3, which is the cheating section. You know, this is what it says. This is what you did. Recommended penalty is disqualification. This is why you're being disqualified. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and then a judge also has the, uh, has the authority to, you know, escalate or de-escalate a penalty for any, for reasons that, you know, it makes every scenario different. So that's why they, they give the judge, these are guidelines, not necessarily hardcore laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also gives us flexibility of, okay, you know, you've been, you made a gameplay error major four times this event, you know, we need to escalate the penalty from a double prize card penalty to a game loss at this point. Right. You know, right. You're <clears throat> causing disruption. You know, your play is causing disruptions in multiple games. No, it needs to be escalated at this point. Right. Or even of, you know, saying, hey, you know, you're at a, a local league challenge and this is your first tournament ever. And, you know, you might have actually drawn a card. You know, the judge can op- have in that same opportunity de-escalate the penalty instead of giving a double prize card penalty to maybe a warning. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. I, there's always all d- different tournaments, you know, and different player skill bases definitely deserve different kind of um, punishments, as you would say. Um, you know, if it's a you know more of a veteran player, obviously, there if they get a, a extra card, I'm never going to expect a you know get a, a warning or something like that. Uh, can, compared to like a newer player. So um, definitely, you know, leaves it up to interpretation. I mean, I would even say with that, that's not necessarily true. You know, it's every, every situation and scenario is different. And that's why a judge needs to assess the situation to determine, you know, what, I mean, fair. what penalty should be assessed. So that's why, you yeah, know, it's never good to have the players self judge themselves. Right. Because, they may assume that, oh, you drew an extra card that's double price for penalty. Okay, we're going to follow by that. But mm. you never know when a judge may see a different view. And maybe that the penalty is actually appropriate to be a game loss, right? Because the game state's yeah. severely broken. And even though the penalty is a major double prize card penalty, you know, yeah. it needs uh, to definitely, be. Definitely pitch. cards that you could that interact with your top deck. Um, that you know you can get an unfair advantage of and potentially cheat. So I, I get that too. Yeah, it's it's just nice to have a little bit of flexibility there for the judges, so they can um, hopefully hit the ruling on the head. Yeah, we are, our goal is to maintain tournament integrity. Right. Exactly. So with that being said. Um, you know, with those new rules and just, just in general, um, you know, just assuming we're talking to, you know, maybe some newer players, if this is going to be their first NAIC or first big tournament, is there any advice, you know, with the rules or just, just in general that you would give to, um, you know, the player base, um, going into NAIC? Yeah. Uh, so just for new players in general, first try to enjoy the event, right. You know, especially this one, this one is probably going to be the largest Pokemon tournament ever. Uh, Hopefully that record keeps getting broken, but uh, you know, just enjoy it. There's so much to do that, you know, even if you may not do so well in the main event, not saying that that's not going to be necessarily the case, but even if don't get disheartened, if you don't do well, right. Um, there are plenty of things to do. Like there's going to be the Pokemon center. There's going to be side events, the main streaming area. 
you know, you have the play lab experience, you know, get to hang out with your friends. Uh, just just enjoy enjoy the event overall and let the results, you know, play your best and let the results be as they are, you know. Um, you know, if you want to play all nine rounds day one, play all nine rounds day one, you know. If you manage to make day two, congratulations. You know, it's it's a big it's a very big accomplishment to make. But you know, I'd say just enjoy it. And then obviously right. if you've been playing a lot locally, right, and you feel like, oh, I want to go to this new event, you know, you probably have a good understanding of the rules themselves. So just play the game, right? You know, you know, you know, just pay attention to the game and just play it. Right. Uh if you're careful. You know, making sure that there are no broken game states, like drawing cards with Greninja under Path of the Peak. Right. You know, those are the types of things that you know what you're doing, but you're just letting nerves get to you because you're at an event this size and therefore, you know, may make those mistakes. But, you know, you're very skilled. You know, you're, you know how to play the game. Just play the game. We're there for fun. Just try to relax as best as possible. And yeah, like you said, just play the game. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are some awesome, you know, obviously rules, clarifications and updates. Um, Great advice for sure. Um, You know, playing the game. Um, With that being said, I think we're going to move on to our next segment. Um, And, you know, I kind of alluded to this last week and then just having Steve jump on, which is actually going to make this even better. I don't know. Steve's not going to necessarily have any punishment, but he's going to be playing the game with us. So if he picks something, it's taken away. We're going to do our NAIC uh, draft, um, and we're each going to pick five players, and then we're each going to get a bonus pick of a local Pittsburgh player um, and see kind of who gets this. So basically, um, we'll have a point structure for you know how X far this player gets, and then whoever has the most amount of points um, at the end of it uh, will be the winner of the the NAIC draft. Um, Chuck, I don't know um, if you could pull this up really quickly uh, to get a randomizer on the draft order, uh, since there was no way to really uh, fairly yeah. do that <laughs> with trivia, especially since we all got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, we can. Uh, I will say that. Uh, you draw first. I draw first. Yep, you drew the lucky straw. I drew. Okay, so I go first. Okay, who's uh, second? Right. Who's second? Uh, Steve. All okay. right. So okay, cool. Um, well, this is gonna be a hard one. Um, because there's so many great players, but I'm just gonna say, because uh, I know this one of the two are not gonna be there if I don't pick them. Um. I'm going to go with Azul. Azul GG. All right, writing it down. Azul is the first man off the board in our draft. Now, now, uh, just so you know how our, our draft scoring works is that how close they finish. We kind of add up how many points they would kind of earn and who gets... um, Like CP yeah, points? Those points? Um, What's Not that? necessarily CP points, but like, well... We have I I'll post up a list, but it's like if if you get top you know top eight or you'll get X amount of points. Obviously, if you get okay first, second, 
those are two different points top eight then top 16 top 32 kind of kind of go from there day two kind okay. of you know, where we're going all right so i guess i'm up next mm-hmm. sorry chuck i know your pick probably would have been this person but uh i gotta go with the four-time ic yep. winner right. himself <laughs> toward red cliff i think I he's mean, won four I... times did he win five or four no he's He's won four no, plus he's, he's made this. He's he's won all four and then he's come in second twice. Okay, yeah, got to go with Tord. Yeah, I mean that was my other one, but I, was, I just have a feeling Azul's just got a little bit more of a secret sauce this week. This week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably would have went there if he was gonna still be there. Um, but I'm gonna. Uh, think i'm gonna reach i don't know if i'm gonna call it a reach necessarily i'm gonna go with i'm pretty sure he came top four at euic uh pedro eugenio torres uh oh i like that pick that was was on my my board pick if you uh yeah he was on my Pedro. board, but I thought you were going somewhere different with that one, to be honest with you. So now are we doing snake drafts so Chuck gets another pick? I don't know. Are we doing snake drafts, Chuck? I mean, that's uh, only we, fair. That's only fair. All right. We're doing snake drafts. Then. I All don't right. like getting first pick then. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty no, of great players. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go down. Uh, I don't really know. I didn't, wasn't ready for a next pick. I was expecting some of these people not to be there. Um, I am going to go with, you know what? Uh, he beat me twice last time I actually played that's, him. I'm that's, gonna what I <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to pick. That's what I thought you were going to get the first time. Yeah, I mean that's a, a solid pick. He's a heck of a player. He's had a lot of accomplishments. Plus, you know, this last later later half of you know the season, he's just been really, really killing it too. So, yeah, he's been on a on a train. Uh, actually, just even within the past two, he's the Shermansky brothers have always been very good. Uh, you know, Chris Shermansky obviously focusing more on the organizing role while Alex still plays, but. Um, hey. Yeah, they were they were always top performing does players. It, does anyone know if Mom Shemansky is going to be there? I might pick her. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Shemansky, uh, she might be. I mean, I guess it's kind of tough to say because not everyone, you know, right? The, I mean, how registration worked. Yeah, we're 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 again just shot in the dark. Even if these people are able to play, we're just assuming for sure. <laughs> okay, all right, Steve, you're up next. All right, we're going to the land down under, and I'm picking Henry Brand. Ooh. That's a solid pick. He's also on a mission right now, too. Uh, you know, you know, with the last two uh, regionals, uh, you know, doing obviously winning, and then I think it was top sixteen. Uh, so, great pick there. All right, so I guess I get the next two, huh? Yeah. Uh, so there's so many good ones and I'm, I think I might be safe not picking one of them and and being able, no, I'm just going to pick because these two, um, are two 
since I'm just snake. These two are really good players. I've had a hot season, won multiple regionals, both of them this season. Um, and that will be Andrew Hedrick and Piper Lapine. Okay. I like him. Andrew Andrew Hedrick, uh yeah, he's been on Terra. He won the the one SP and so that's uh, no, he won back to back. So he beat Isaiah and um, and then he beat somebody else in the very next week, and then he won the special event. So he's actually won yeah. three big events. Yeah, that's five region. Well, four regional wins and one special event win between two players. So five five solid. major event wins. Hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely solid. So, so we covered all of the last four ICs plus a bunch of regionals. So, yes. All right, Steve. That means that you are you are up next. Back, uh, back on the draft. All right. I'm keeping with the theme here of picking non-US based players, and so my next pick is going to be Pablo Meza, or oh, as a lot of people know him as Tablemon. Yep, another Who's great one. Next? <laughs> you stole right underneath the chop. <laughs> right out underneath my nose. <laughs> hey, you stole my Pedro Eugenio Torres pick, so. <laughs> um, all right, Chuck, you're on. You have two now. All right, well, so I've got an American. I've got a European. Let's... And you took the Australian. There's more. There's I know plenty of Australians. <laughs> right. You took the Australian off my board. Okay. Um, I am gonna go with I don't know, I don't know why I was even thinking about this. I'm gonna take Grant Mr. Manley. Grant Manley. I think I think he's been warming himself up to win something, and this could be the event. No, one hundred percent. That's a great pick. All right, oh, I, I like double pick. Then, yeah. I get the double pick. Mm-hmm. Um, let me to go a little bit farther down the list because I need to. I like to vary it There's up. Some I need big hitters here still. Um, I'm trying to find someone from across the sea a little bit here that let's uh, screw it. Let's go north of the border. I'll take uh, the Canadian I know best. We'll take Zach Lesage. The the, I don't know if he's still on Arctura, but he was playing the crap out of him. So we'll go there. (laughs) Too funny. All right, Steve, uh, second to last pick for you. As far as like the main meta players, second to last pick. Okay, well, this guy's actually been on a tear, and until recently, just won his first regionals as a Masters. Oh, oh you! I was gonna pick him last round. <laughs> and surprisingly, if you looked, he has the second most championship points in the entire world, being Regan Retzlov. Yep, I was, I was. <laughs> I was trying to go greed and get him in the next round, but geez. Oh, wait. I wrote him under the wrong name. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a solid pick, and you stole him under from under me. Um, there's still 
plenty of solid picks. Um, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't, um, you know, pick him uh, last. But um, I have two picks here. And I'm going to go with one of uh, Reagan's test partners. And maybe he's been a little bit quiet in the last, um, um, you know, half of this season. But that would be uh, Isaiah Bradner. Good pick. Like it. Like it. Um, and then I guess to finish off my uh, draft picks, since we're doing the snake, um, you know, the, the man that finished second place in two straight uh, regionals um, just recently, uh, he's out for vengeance uh, to, to prove that he can take it out, take it home. And that is Caleb Gettimer. I like it makes my next pick a little bit easier, I would say. We'll see if you are on the board for your final pick. All right. So as you can see throughout the first three picks, I really enjoyed the you know non-USA based player. Uh, in fact, I think up until Azul winning last year, only uh, Europeans won NAIC. I believe that was the case. Maybe one Australian might have won one year. Um so my pick this year is maybe not a player that you guys are too familiar with, but I'm picking Stefan Ivanov. Oh, yeah. Completely. Uh, yeah. Good pick. Good pick. For sure. Uh, that's a solid pick. Um, yeah. Um, not, not much more to add to that. I mean, he's definitely one of those. But, Chuck, uh, you get the last uh, pick. Uh, of of the of the snake draft uh, for this year's NAIC. All right, so great names uh, on the, I on had, the board. So I had this pick. I'm glad he dropped to me at this pick. I was worried I wasn't going to get him, but I also know there's an extra round, so I want to make sure I get this this person is due for a very good performance. Uh, I'm going to take Jake Abrams. With my what, final what, pick, you well, cannot I mean, you have pick a bonus me. Pick. This is not the last pick. This is not the Pittsburgh area. I, I, want, I don't. I don't. I want to make sure I get him now. I'm going to take him now. What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm not at that level. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh, he's trying to throw right here. <laughs> nope. All right, I'll put. This I'll is... put me on the list. You know, you could have picked Gustavo Wada, John Ng, Andrew Mahone, Ian Rub, Smart. You picked me. Uh, that, that was I have, wrong. I'm I sorry. Value pick right there. I'm going to get major points out of this. The funny okay. thing is, is I think my last pick, I'm, I actually, now that I think about it, I think I saw somewhere where Stefan is not able to attend that NASC. I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate or not, but, uh, that's part of, that's part of the risk we play. Yeah. This uh, roulette here. Um, Chuck, you would have been able to pick me anyways, because we're doing snake draft. So now you have to pick another Pittsburgh player. Oh, I get to pick again? No, you yeah, were snake drafting it. it. Yeah, right. you get the bonus pick. Oh, well. All right, then. Uh... <laughs> and no, you can't pick one of those other players now. Your 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 bet is sealed. <laughs> your bet is made, I mean, not sealed. And before Jake wins it all this, this weekend and Chuck right, showed yeah, us. That, that, yeah, Chuck showed us. You know, he still could have had me at this very next pick and still had one of these other better players <laughs> Uh, Sanders local, right? <laughs> yeah, clearly, you know, local 
globally. Clearly, yeah, yeah. He lives on the planet. Wojcik comes to our local Pittsburgh league, right? Yeah, all the ways. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't remember who's all going, but uh, all the big hitters. Can I take Jess? Of course. <laughs> I'm gonna take she yes. isn't a master's, right? She well, no, she's senior. Senior, or yeah. She's, she, she's a senior. No, I'm gonna put my faith in Jess. That's a solid like pick, it. actually. Like honestly, out of all of us locals, like I think, you know, she's really solid. So I uh, can't fault that at all. All right, all Steve, right. pressure's on. Local player. I mean. This was my pick, but Jake kind of, you know, on our pre-call, Jake mentioned this, that I could pick this player. And so uh, he, he was actually on my radar to be, at the very beginning of doing this, but uh, it's going to be Nolan Frieda, who is a very, who's a multiple-time world's qualifying player locally. So, yeah, uh, I mean, most him. people that listen to this podcast uh, might know him as the Reggie player. He was the player that... Kind of made it famous at the at the one k, two k, whatever it was at full grip. Uh, still during pandemic time, like right as we were getting out of it. So uh, I know a lot of people will know him from that. Um, obviously, he's a solid local player that pushes us all to the limits, uh, for sure. All right, so I guess I am last. Um, I have you know a bevy of great players um, that I think can do well. Um, and I, I'm just going to give it um, – I was anybody in my testing group could definitely do well. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, no shade to them. It's more just a respect thing out of, you know, time in the game. Another local of ours that's won our local league that's, um, you know, has some really good showings at the regionals. Doesn't go to as many as, you know, the majority of us there. Um, uh, but that is Colton. Let's go. Good pick. Uh, Colton's a very, very good local player. Right. You know, not not dissing on any of your other locals, but no, not not yeah. at all. Uh, there's Colton so many was always players. A, yeah, Colton was always a player that whenever I got paired up against them locally, I was like, "Oh boy, here we go. We're in for a dogfight this game." Right. And in the crazy thing to me with Colton um, is, and he's been a guest on the show a long time ago at this point, but um, he's so solid um, against in any meta against any player against any matchup um but the, the the crazy thing is like he doesn't put as much time as us like quote unquote tryhards into it because he like enjoys other things and he diversifies his hobbies um so just to be at the level he's at um with you know making me look bad and you know I put so much more effort into it and I would say you know we're still go toe to toe on most weeks and he like smokes me sometimes. So um, yeah, uh, definitely uh, can't sleep on Colton. If anybody's going to do it locally um, and, and I have a save on it, it's going to be Colton. Yeah. And uh, one other thing to hype up Colton a little bit is probably the most humble player you'll ever play against, you know, right. Doesn't... Another reason I picked him because he would never think that I would pick him. <laughs> yes, he is. You can have a conversation. This is truly genuine with that, with Colton. Uh, mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent member of the local Pittsburgh community and excellent, excellent player. 
For sure. So before we wrap this up, uh, I'll just do a recap of our teams and we'll kind of, you know, after NIC, we'll tally up the points and say who gets first. Uh, obviously, between Chuck and I, uh, whoever loses will have to be punished and have to play some kind of uh, bad card, a four of in our deck. I know we've if done this Steve before. Us, we're both punished. No, 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 no. If Steve, well, that's fair. If Steve beats us, we're both punished. Okay. So that's either way. Um, but obviously, if Chuck or I win, we're safe. And then you know, obviously, Steve is a judge. We're not going to make him throw anything on that end. Um, so if he does get to play in a local, maybe we'll make him uh, have to play a four of a bad card. Uh, but to recap, we'll go with my team first since I was first. I got Azul GG. We got Andrew Hedrick, Piper Lapine, Isaiah Bradner, Caleb Gedimer, and our local Colton. Uh, Steve uh, has Tord Reckliff, Henry Brand, Pablo Meza, Regan Retzloff, uh, Stefan Ivanov, and Nolan Frieda. And Chuck has Pedro Torres, Alex, Alex Shemansky, Grant Manley, Zach Lesage, myself, <laughs> and our local Jess. <laughs> Chuck, I think you're doomed to fail I'm just because you picked me. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> I am pumped for this team. I mean... <laughs> Jake has the throw on purpose. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I would never do that because I win, winning or making day two means way more to me than the than, than the fantasy draft for sure. <laughs> well, this is my way of your. This is my way of vicariously living through your success. Well, I appreciate so you. This is when you're doing well. My fantasy team is doing well. This is so your way go. of playing the jank deck at NAIC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With I, that being said, all six picks. Uh, no, I, with that being said, this is gonna be a great week, fun week of uh, you know Pokemon. Uh, regardless of how we do, you know, like like we've mentioned already, um, so many fun side events, uh, stores, um, just friends, uh, atmosphere, all that good stuff. Cannot wait uh, to see all my friends outside of Pittsburgh. Obviously, go and hang out with the friends from Pittsburgh. Um, but with that being said, Steve, I appreciate you so much for coming on last minute to. Uh, talk about some of the rule clarifications and changes um, that we had. Um, but before we let you leave, um, you know, the floor is yours for shout outs, plugs, um, anything else you want to say? Closing, closing thoughts. Yeah. Uh, well, shout out to you guys for inviting me on. You know, it's been a while, but you know, I'm always excited to come on. Um, also, you know, as for you that are going to, for the players that are going to, NAIC, you know, don't be afraid to say hi to me as you see me. Um, you know, Blastoise hat. Yes, Blastoise <laughs> hat, Masters Judge, uh, you know, Master TCG Judge. Um, yeah, so you know, just come say hi. Uh, obviously, not in the middle of a round, just because you know, it's. Uh, I, I want to make sure I'm focusing on it, but you know, in between rounds, by all means, come say hi. Um, yeah, you know, thank you guys again for inviting me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I know this is a little bit longer of an episode. I hope you, you know, enjoyed it with the travel time, hopefully. Um, but with that being said, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next week after NAIC. Best fantasy team ever. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? 
yeah, you can get me at Panux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokePod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.